Broadcasting from high above the reserve, this is Radio Harambe. Jambo, everyone, and thank you, as always, for tuning in to Radio Harambe. I am Dave McBride, broadcasting from the Radio Harambe studios, and joining me from somewhere in the world, Safari Mike. Mike, where are you today? Dave, I'm in the Sea of Cortez. You must know where that is. It's Mexico. Yes, it's on the west coast of Mexico. And right. We're here, oddly enough, studying the Australian spotted jellyfish. Oh. The Australian spotted jellyfish is well known for being able to multiply quickly. So when you... Mm exterminate some of its predators specifically sea turtles it creates a uh, a problem in the uh, you know in the ecosystem mm. the australian spotted jellyfish was first found in australia and thailand but by 1945 it was in hawaii and by the year 2000 it was here in mexico so we're trying to study them see what can be done to uh, halt this process i know a very little bit about the sea of cortez one of the things that kind of sticks in my head is if, if correct me if i'm wrong is because of its sort of weird isolation as a saltwater body because it's kind of kind of cut off by Baja California yeah yeah it is it's it is a pretty unique ecosystem yeah you know um and and the rumors through the coconut uh telegraph have told me that uh you might have come down with some sort of uh Montezuma's revenge yes exactly (laughs) <laughs> so uh, that's why we haven't had uh, haven't had us on the uh, on, yes. on your Twitter on your uh, your podcast yes. feed recently because uh, Mike came down with the or on my Twitter feed to be quite blunt yeah. I haven't really tweeted much in the last uh, week or so a little bit of Montezuma's revenge Mike's got to cut out the tequila when he's down there too <laughs> um, okay so what we want to do today we haven't done news in quite a while we needed to catch up on the news so um, we are going to do that. And Mike's got a bunch of world news, which I'm sure is going to drive me insane. But I want to uh, begin with uh, Animal Kingdom news. And then uh, let's see if I have a couple other things I want to mention before we go. I'll do a lot of world news stuff. This is going to be a lot of uh, Disney at large talk today, I think. Because the world news, while there is, or the local news, while there is some, nothing really all that huge. Um, no. But we're going to end with one particular story uh, after Mike does the world news. But here is a couple of uh, local news items. Uh, First, we have a two-month-old Maasai giraffe named Jabari. Once again, I tried for Rhodey. Doesn't happen. Uh, (laughs) Officially joined the giraffe herd. Mike, is this the... You can see... You can see the giraffe on the... I don't believe it's the one that was born on safari. That was Uh, just what I was going to ask you. (laughs) I don't think so. Because two were born right after another. Um, oh, is that true? Jabari was the first one that was born. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, I I, I remember that because that was, uh, you know, there was some great video, incredible video out of that. Um, <clears throat> but I didn't know if this was the same one. So it is two months old and it's seven feet tall. Yes, they grow incredible. fast. 
It's incredible. Uh, <laughs> Go to college pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, tell us about this new behind-the-scenes experience at Rivers of Light. It, it, it seems like they're constantly adding a behind-the-scenes stuff, and, and now we're adding it to Rivers of Light. Um, it's kind of part, you know, it's like the backstage thing, I suppose, correct? Yeah, it's part of the backstage thing, yeah. You basically get to see how Rivers of Light works, and you get a Tiffin's dinner, or lunch, I think lunch. Is there a price on this yet? Uh, I haven't yeah. seen one. Is it, is it happening now, or is it coming it is coming. It's coming soon, and I believe the price is on the website. I, I, I did not provide that to you. I, I don't see it, but I, I you know, that doesn't mean I didn't. Uh... <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. What else do we have here? Oh, I'm gonna, Mike. I, I think I'm gonna chalk this up as a win for you and I. I feel like a while back we heard that Rafiki's Planet Watch was shutting down. Yes. And you and I went on essentially a tirade um, about turning it into Wakanda or what have you. Right, Zootopia. Um, And we were all but certain, considering the silence uh, behind the plans, that there was definitely something coming. Um, But the something coming is they're just sort of reopening up Rafiki's Planet Watch. Yeah, and the train, and you know, obviously, you need the train to get there, and right. they're just adding some Lion King stuff. Yeah, so, and I'm there because this is the anniversary of the release of what is it? The tw- I forget the number of the anniversary. I believe it's twenty fifth anniversary. Twenty fifth anniversary release of the film, and um, the live actions coming out this year too. And the live actions coming out this year, which these live action films from Disney are just getting me under my skin, but. Um, I, you know, I'm sure this is going to be another one that does relatively well and, you know, sure. leaves no mark on the uh, greater cinematic history, um, you know, years from now, just like all the rest of them that have come before us. Um, and, it, it, you know, but we're, we're, you know, we're bringing The Lion King back and they're adding a little bit more to it. We couldn't have asked for more. I think both of us actually suggested that if you wanted to do a little more tie in, tie in a little more of The Lion King into it uh-huh. do a little bit more of that so it uh, sounds like a win for us is all i'm saying right i believe you are correct now i think i only have one other local story here okay which we're going to save to the end because it's more okay. of a rumor than a story you know what i'm talking about okay uh so we'll save that to the end so let's get through the um the world, world news. news here. Sure. I'm trying to Num- find my copy of your world news. Mike always sends me these things for a little inside baseball. Number here. one is Haleo has opened at Disney Springs. Um, I have been to Haleo in Vegas several times. It is a delicious Spanish restaurant. I recommend it to everybody. Go try it. It's very, 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 very good. Um, good paella, good sangria, good tapas, all that kind of stuff. So Where, go where it. is it? It's in Disney Springs. It's over by like where Splitsville is and all that area, I believe. It might, it might oh, have taken over. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if it's, I'm not sure exactly where it is, but it's over down that way. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, I, you know, I don't get over there as much as I'd like, but always like in new places. Yeah, this one's really good. Cool. Number, what else? number two. Yeah. The Ep- Epcot's Mexican Pavilion. Speaking of Mexico, where I am currently, mm-hmm. has debuted a new musical show. The Mariachi Cobra presents the story of Coco. One of my favorite Pixar movies of all time. It's a 20-minute show where the Mariachi Cobra are joined by a pair of folklore uh, dancers uh, to tell the tale of Miguel Rivera and his love of music. That's, of course, characters from the movie, a character from the movie. 
and um, his family. And the dancers perform to the music of the film, pulling everyone into the celebration. And Miguel himself appears in the form of a whimsical, handcrafted puppet. And I'm banging my head on my desk as we speak. Why? Oh, my, come on. I mean, Mariachi Cobra is one of the great mariachi bands working for the last 30 years. Why are we now turning them into a cross-marketing well, campaign? I don't know. I mean, it just doesn't... doesn't permanent thing. If it's not a permanent thing, if it's something they only do once a day and then, you know, or once or twice a day and then do their normal show, uh, right. you know, nor, uh, otherwise that's fine. But um, again, I'm not going to go on too much about this um, <laughs> because I'm sure in a couple of years time, they're just going to go back to playing as normal um, because that's what we do with these things. Uh, but it's just we're, we're going to go down. A, we're going to go down a rabbit hole here a little bit if I allow myself. So I'm not going to do that uh, until we get to things later. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Galaxy's Edge has an opening date, Dave. Yeah. When I was in Walt when Disney I was, World, August 29, 2019. Um, but unfortunately, only one ride, Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, will be the only attraction open on that day. So the tens of millions of people pouring into Disney Hollywood Studios will be all on <laughs> one ride. Yeah, you know what, Mike? This is um, this is uh, me and uh, uh, a local down there have been plotting our our uh, our smuggling run into uh, the, the opening day here for the last god couple of years, and this has kind of backed me off it. Like I, I don't know that I want to go in. I want to. I want to fight the crowds to see only one attraction, knowing yeah, that within a couple of months I'm going to have to come back. Right. You know, it just doesn't seem to make any sense. So, um, yeah, that was it. Was disappointing. I, I just want to say this about uh, Galaxy's Edge. I was in Disneyland recently um, for a good long time. Uh, you know, for, for Disneyland, I was there for a couple of days. You know, most people aren't in Disneyland for more than a few hours, but uh, <laughs> I was at Disneyland for. For, for a few days and um, got a really good look at the Galaxy's Edge being built. As you move around right. Disneyland, there are a couple of spots, especially on the train, the Disneyland train, the railroad, okay. where you get, where you, I mean, there's just really a, a handful of shrubs between you and Galaxy's Edge. There's just not a lot, you know, they, they can't really hold it back because it's so big. Um, and it really is huge. I mean, the the scope of the mountains and things like that are gigantic. It's every bit as big as Cars Land, I would say, um, and will dwarf the Toy Story Land that's there now. Um, it is a it is a big big space in Disneyland. Right. Um, very very um, mountainous, and you've seen. Them. I'm sure you've all seen the pictures. Sure, of course. Um, it also looks very. Um, third trilogy looking. Oh, obviously. I mean, that's the Disney trilogy, yeah. so. Yeah. And that's, that's, that gonna... that's the disappointing part. <laughs> well, you still have Star Tours. Yeah. But I mean, I wanted, you know, Mike, and, and unless this third film that comes out is just off the hook good, um, you know, it's it, they're 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 great films, and I, I like them a lot. I've I've liked a lot of things that Disney's done with the Star Wars movies, but sure. the original trilogy is what is going to get the crowds there and get everybody excited. And um, sure. you know, it's just another one of those symptoms of the Iger stuff that we've been talking about. I mean, he he good ideas are put away in in 
in favor of good marketing ideas. Right, right, right. And, uh, you know, it's great to be able to have Disney things marketing on there. But they own Lucasfilm, so everything is theirs now as far as the marketing, the, the back end of the marketing. Um, so I, I just don't know why we couldn't have created Tatooine or someplace like that that would have really brought us in. I mean, for somebody who says that we have to go into a movie in order to understand or, or in order to have fun, that we're all, n- none of us have an imagination. So we can only, and only for us to have a good time at Disney, we have to like be immersed in the film. I'm surprised that they have not immersed themselves in the most, more immersive of all the films and haven't created just the space there, you know, um, like they did in front of Star Tours. Uh, but it does look like they're, I mean, they're, they're, they're pulling out all the stops here. There's no doubt right. about that. You know, <laughs> it does look like that. Yeah, it looks. And it's opening earlier in Disneyland, correct? Correct, in May. Correct. Right. So by the time we get to August um, for the Disney World stuff, we're going to have a lot of. We'll know what Smuggler's Run is all about. We're going to have a lot of YouTube videos. Yeah. Oh. And by the <laughs> way, Smuggler's Run, ha- ha- Run, Run, Smuggler's Run. We'll have a height requirement of 38 inches, and the Rise of the Resistance, the second uh, attraction opening, will have a height requirement of 40 inches. Which are both small. Uh, They're for, both small. Yeah, for those of you who don't uh, have it in, um, it, you know, have a frame of reference for that, you know, the biggest ones are 48. Um, the ones where you, I think I think one of them. Primeval uh, World is 48. Right. What is uh, Rock and Roller Coaster? Is 48 uh, the highest? 44. Is 48 the highest? That I know of, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's it's not going to be that big. A 38, I mean, my son is four years old, and he clears the 42. So, right. 38 so a 38 is small. To, it's basically everything but a baby, but but a, but a, uh, yeah. t- you know, a tiny baby. I want to say Goofy's Barnstormer might be 38 inches yeah. for a frame of reference. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. So it's, you know, there's going to be movement. Um, you know, and if it's too small, they get tossed around too much. But uh, right. you know, it's obviously not going to be a thrill ride in in the respect of you know something kids can't handle. Terror, terror, or something like that. Yeah. The other yeah. interesting thing is uh, it will not be part of the Fast Pass Smokers Run. Will not be part of the Fast Pass Plus offerings initially. Incredible. Get in line. It's incredible. That's amazing to me. Um. I like it. I, I think what they're trying to do, Mike. I mean, obviously, you're you're probably you know your your conclusion is probably the same as mine. Um, putting flight of passage on the fast pass plus thing made a disaster. Um, and in the opening, I right? Think, you know, uh, made a total disaster because the you know the, the between the, the the fast pass slows down the standby line. There's no two ways about that, and I have no reason to believe that on a ride like that, that more people, that the same amount of people go through using the Fast Pass Plus system, you know, as would if they just let people stand online and go. So my right. my guess is the Fast Pass Plus system actually limits. I don't know by how much, but there are fewer people that get on the ride in the course of a day. Um, you know, especially when it's 100% capacity all the time, like these rides are going to be. Uh, so I, I, I would imagine this is, it sounds to me like this is a way to combat the potential horror show that was the, <laughs> you, I mean, Mike, you remember, it sure. was a disaster. I mean, it was, you know, people standing online for hours yep. and where do they go to the bathroom? Well, you don't really want to know where they went to the bathroom because in some cases, 
was right there on the floor. <laughs> right there on the line. Yep. So, um, you know, this is a smart move, I, I think, at least. Certainly with only one ride coming in, that's going to make a big difference. If they were opening it up with two or three, uh, maybe that might have helped somewhat. Didn't seem to help at uh, Avatar, but uh, who knows? No, but there was clearly one that was well... Uh, there was one ride that was much more anticipated than the Navi River Journey. I mean, the Flight of Passage was the, the headliner, but for sure. Right. In this case, I'm not sure if either one of them is really... They're both headliners, really. I want to uh, make a Fast Pass Plus observation. Again, I said, right. I said before, unless you have something else to say about Star Wars before we move on. Nope, nope, no, we can move on. Okay, um, I spent, Mike has too, I, like I said, I went to uh, Disneyland. I was there for a three-day um, excursion uh, and took full use of the Fast Pass, uh, Max Pass, I think it's called, right. system. Uh, I am never one to pay extra for things like this. Uh, but it made a little sense with the ticket that I had because of the, the, the they charge you. It's not a lot. I mean, if you're there for a three day period, you're basically spending like ten dollars a day per person to get this max pass thing. It's, oh, that's you know, it's like, yeah, it's like thirty bucks per ticket or something, and that's really all it is. Um, so it's you know I, I'm not. A, I may never go to Disneyland again. I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, it took me 45 years to get there. I can't imagine I'm going to be going back there very often. Um, so I wanted to make the most of it, and it seemed like this was the unanimous... Um, this got unanimous uh, endorsement from all of our fellow Disneyland fans, who, uh, you know, our West Coast listeners sure. who told me to get this. And I have to say... There are two things that I want to uh, report to those of you who have not spent a lot of time in Disneyland. You'll feel good knowing that the um, Disneyland app sucks just as much as the Disney World app. Not surprised by that at all. No, it's equally as terrible. Um, It shuts down all the time. You have to re-sign in all the time. It's a mess. But the MaxPass system is far better than Fast Pass Plus, far better. Right. Um, it'll what what you do is you. It's basically the old paper Fast Pass system, kind of enhanced. The old fa- paper Fast Pass system is still there. You can still walk up with your ticket, get a Fast Pass, come back at that time. If you have the Max Pass system, what you do is you make that Fast Pass. Soon as you as soon as you you hit your ticket into the scanner that you've gone through the turnstile, you can make a Fast Pass. Even if that fast pass isn't until seven or o'clock or so that night, you can make another fast pass before you ride that ride. You can make another fast pass only a couple of hours later. So, for instance, the Radiator Springs Racer is the only thing that has a difficult fast pass in California Adventure. The most difficult fast pass in all of Disneyland. Sure. When you walk in the door, unless you're there at rope drop, even if you only come in an hour later or two hours later, we got into California Adventure maybe 1030 in the morning, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning. At that point, the fast passes were already taken up until like seven, six, six o'clock at night. Um, that actually might have been like five o'clock, but I'm there at 1030. In the past, in the old fast pass system, that means you can't use another fast pass until after you've hit that one. 
But on this system, that's not what that means. A couple hours later, you can make another fast pass. That's good. A couple hours after that, you can make another pass. You can essentially ride two other rides via the fast pass system before you ever even use the one you got first. Right, right, right. Um, I never went a day in all three days where I didn't use the fast pass system at least four times. Right. And I never made the fourth fast pass late in the afternoon. It was always done quickly. So if you get there at rope drop, you make another one a couple hours later, another one a couple hours after that. You've made your fourth fast pass, usually by mid-afternoon. Um, at least that's the, the luck I had. Now, I granted it was a slow time. This is the system that they should have used for Walt Disney World. Not this nonsense that they have now. Um, which forces people to ride things they don't want to ride and get fast passes for things they don't want to get. Um, and it does not inflate the lines by any means. So the whole time I was there, yes, Radiator Springs is a long dry, long way, two hours. You know, I I think of it as like what Soren was like before they added the 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 the, the, the uh, additional theaters. It was always difficult, even in slow times. It was always sure. 90 minutes, you know, 60-minute wait, whatever it was. Um, Radiator Springs is like that, but it does not inflate the other ones because it doesn't force people to use the fast passes on other things. It right. also doesn't put fast passes into rides that don't need them. So there aren't a mess of dopey rides that people are getting fast passes for that they really don't need. For instance, Finding Nemo the Musical. You know, if we're doing this, saying this in Walt Disney World terms. They don't really do that. Um, in fact, there's a couple of rides where you're thinking, man, this should have a fast pass because I don't want to wait half an hour. You know, but right. they don't because they're, I guess, a little more intuitive than, than, than they are at uh, Walt Disney World. I know Mike's going to tell me this is never going to change. They've invested billions into this FastPass Plus system, and it's never going to exactly. change. I'll only say this. I don't know about never going to change, but not going to change for a while anyway. The MaxPass system makes money. Not sure how the FastPass Plus system does. I don't think so. I think the FastPass Plus system has worked out the way they wanted it to work yeah. out. The MaxPass system makes money and would work. You know, and if you're charging ten dollars a ticket a day just to be able to make your fast pass on your phone rather than running to the paper things, I think that's a good investment and adds an extra ten bucks to somebody's ticket that people that on your phone instead of having to walk across the park. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's a, it's a reasonable value. It's a good amount of money, um, and it's extra money for Disney for essentially nothing, just to offset the cost of their app. You would think that offsetting the cost of the app would make them work better, but this is not the case um so i just wanted to mention that we've talked a lot about fast pass and i had a couple of emails about um people wanting me to discuss my <laughs> uh, experience with the max pass system so i just wanted to get that through um would you have the same experience here or did you not use the max max pass when you we were did not use the max pass i think it makes less sense for one day i think it's still 30 dollars per ticket Okay. Um, so it makes more sense as you as you, you put more days on. If I'm not mistaken, I could have that wrong, but that was that was kind of what the the feeling I got out of it. I was getting it anyway because I just wanted to get the most out of the day as I possibly could. Right. Um, and my general thoughts on on um, Disneyland just quickly. I've mentioned this before. Uh, obviously, people, if you're if you're a Florida only person, if 
um, if you don't want the Magic Kingdom ruined for you for the rest of your life, don't go to Disneyland. Um, because there is nothing at the Magic Kingdom that's better than it is at Disneyland. All of the things in Disneyland are better than Magic Kingdom. Everything about um, it. Mike, yeah, everything, about it. everything about <laughs> it. Everything about it. New Orleans Square, uh, you know, um, is far better than than uh, Liberty Square. Far better. It's Agreed. just It's just much nicer. The rides are generally better. Even the ones that are a little smaller, it tends to, for some reason, be a little better. I mentioned this last time we talked about Disneyland. Um, the scope, the, the scale of Splash Mountain is definitely smaller in Disneyland, but for some right. reason, the intimacy of it makes it better and more exciting. You're moving through it quicker, um, you know, and you're seeing things kind of a little more frantically and kind of works a little bit better with the story of... You know, of this rabbit that wants to go and do things all the time. Um, so it's just a little bit better. Everything there is just a little bit better. Um, I didn't go on Big Thunder Mountain. I've heard they're exactly the same. Uh, but eh, I don't know about that. I don't know. I didn't go on it this time because the weather was not good. We had epically bad uh, weather in, in Anaheim. In fact, we were ponchoed up for the last day. Uh, and that was great because we basically rode on everything indoors without any issues at all. But... <laughs> Uh, but it's it's so so don't go there. Um, I've always wondered why Cars Land seems to be the um, the benchmark by which all new things that Disney has created is based. Um, so I was very excited to see that because that seems to be the thing everybody says, right? Like when, we, when we're building Toy Story Land, well, we're going to make a Cars Land. We're building Avatar. Well, we're trying to compete with Cars Land or we're trying to make something along the lines of Cars Land. Uh, so far, I haven't seen anything that compares to Cars Land um, as far as the new things that they have made. Um, they've done. I mean, that is the thing that I hear Iger talking about constantly is um, the immersive stuff and and boy you, you get know, a, you avatar get, land is as, as immersive as cars land i mean you might like cars land better i don't because i i don't because i don't think and i think that has nothing to do with the design or the execution i think that only has to do with uh the way the stories are presented i mean when you're going into avatar you're going into okay this is a planet um, this looks a lot like what I saw in the movie, but, you know, not really because you don't have big, right. long, concrete promenades in the movie. Uh, you know, the, it's kind of based on the, the, the Avatar is more based on than modeled after when Cars Land feels like you're walking down the street of Radiator Springs. Um, it does. It does feel like that. Yeah, so I, I think that's a huge win in that in that regard, and I think that's just a, a, a again, just the way the stories are told throughout the movies. Um, and Radiator Springs Racers is a better ride than Flight of Passage. Oh, Radiator Springs Racers is phenomenal. And the the I, I got to say this too, the Luigi's Rollicking Roadsters, the stupidest ride I've ever been on in my life. But hysterically funny. I mean, I, I I can't believe somebody sat down and thought to make this ride. <laughs> it, it, it works. It's the dopiest it's thing. Okay. I, yeah, I, no, I, I thought it. it was hysterical. So if you haven't seen it. Did, you, did the little one like it? He loved it. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, it's a terrible loader. It takes forever to get on. Yeah, it does. 
because there's only like maybe what a couple of dozen cars, two people yeah, per car, and like one area. Uh, Luigi sings some Italian folk songs, you know, and the cars sort of float around on this trackless system, I guess, right? Yep. Dancing, and to the to the music, and it, you just can't believe how well it's done, how well it's pulled off. With the synchronization yeah, between the music and the and the cars moving, I mean, I was just blown away by how well it was was pulled off. It's obviously the the test balloon for that system to be used in other places better. I get that, um, but I thought it was hysterical, and my son found the gift shops to be Shangri La. So oh, well. yeah, I mean, he, he likes cars, so yeah, yeah, he's, gonna, yeah he's a cars devotee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So being able to walk on the back of one of the tractors was one of the greatest things in his life. He thought right. that was the funniest right. thing in the world. So anyway, I've diverged into another rabbit hole. Do we have more news? We have lots of more news. Okay, um, go ahead. Dave, I think I, I think I put the price here on this, but let's play America's Favorite Game. Okay. The new Captain Hook's Pirate Crew at Disney Beach Club is the latest experience for kids at Walt Disney World, taking place from 5 p.m. to 8.30 p.m., Captain Hook will be looking for a new band of adventurers to learn pirate code and follow clues to, hit, to find the hidden treasure. As part of the crew, the young buccaneers will comb through the resort and set sail on a pontoon boat around Crescent Lake, including an escape room-type experience. Once the treasure is unearthed, all the pirates all join in a pirate feast that includes selections such as cannon meatballs with marinara sauce, and macaroni and gold sauce for entrees, along with desserts and fruit afterwards. Dave, guess how much that costs? Okay, I you did. And write, it's for kids four to twelve. You did write the price down, so I'm not going to guess. Oh, you um, don't. All right, so it's fifty five dollars. Fifty five dollars. But if I were playing this game, Mike, I would have guessed more than that. I would have too. Right, because uh, it's obviously got three and a half hours. It's three and a half hours, which means you're you're. You have a babysitter essentially for three and a half hours. Essentially, yeah. Right? That costs almost fifty-five dollars by itself. Um, it might be more. You're looking. You know, it's obviously got something all all planned out. Then you have you put them on a boat. In that and that's got liability. Plus, you need to have a boat captain. Uh, this is a good. And then you get food. Yep. I mean, this is this is good. I like this. This is this is this is a neat idea. Beach Club folks, if you try it, let me know how it goes because this this you know, certain adventurous kids would like this. Mike, I think of when your son was 7 years old. Yeah, he would have liked it. He would have loved this. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Would have loved this. This was right up his alley, you know. So I think it's a good idea. Cool. What's next? Select hotels at Walt Disney World are now offering Mermaid School, where oh guests God. are fitted with a mermaid tail and taught how to swim with it. Guests ages four and older can take part in the hour-long class where they will be fitted with a swimmable tail and led through various activities. It's going to be offered at the Art of Animation, Caribbean okay. Beach, and Yacht and Beach Club, Beach Club Resorts. And each class is $50 per person. And there's my point. For an hour-long class where they put on a glorified f- flipper. Right. You pay fifty dollars for a three and a half hour thing where you're on a boat and throughout the resort and getting food. You're paying fifty five dollars. Yeah. yeah, it's a weird price. I don't, yeah. I don't know why they that way, but I think I think the fifty dollars for that is more what I would expect out of Disney experiences 
The $55 is not what I expect out of a Disney experience. I would say it more that way. I, I, if, I, if you were to give me America's favorite game with, with that, I would have guessed 50 bucks. You know, right. um, or somewhere in that in that regard. So cool. All Dave, right. ticket prices have increased. Well, of course, they have. They went to effect a few days ago. Uh, basically, one day pit tickets uh, between Christmas Day and New Year's Eve are now one hundred and fifty nine dollars per person. A four day base theme park ticket in the summer, with the starting date of July fourth, has now increased nine dollars per day. Uh, there, there's all, also more. Flexible ticket models um, that they're using for various, you know, depending on when you're going and how mm-hmm, busy mm-hmm, it is. Mm-hmm. A single day pit ticket in the lowest price date range remains unchanged, however, at 109. So that has not changed. Um, also, standard parking remains unchanged, but preferred parking now has two tiers. <laughs> I won't bother getting into that, but <laughs> it's $50. There you have it. Uh, this happens every year. Um it- Standard increase, uh, you know, I, I guess they're just going to keep increasing the price on these incredibly uh, popular days until people stop doing stop it, going. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, then, and then they'll hold steady at that price. Um, they're just going to keep trying it every year until it starts to make a, a difference. Uh, you know, I... I don't have much to say about it. I, I you know, I'm not going to rant too much about ticket prices. They're high. We've done you know, that every every year. We've done they've done that. that every yeah. They've done it every year. We talk about it every year, and I always mention about how, you know. And then the pr- price of the annual passes are ridiculous now, and right. And you know, it's it, it's a, it's incredibly expensive to go. I mean, yeah. what you know, when you do the, um, if you're going to do a park hopper, five day park hopper pass, you're going to pay a lot of money per ticket. Right. You know, and it used to be that it was, you know, 200 bucks a person and you can get your tickets for a family of four for, you know, seven, eight hundred dollars for a five day trip. And that's not bad. It's not that anymore. (laughs) It's not that anymore. Um, It's very expensive, but people still go. So I can't really complain about how expensive it is. I just don't think that's uh, not a fair complaint. No. What do I know how much it's supposed to cost? I don't know. You know, it's still cheaper than going to Broadway. Or yeah, it's cheaper than going to a Yankee game, getting good seats. It's 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 pretty close to that. Yep. If it's not, it's around that. Yep. No, you're right, Mike. All right. Okay. What's next? The former Wonders of Life Pavilion in Epcot has now oh. been walled huh. off as preparations begin for the new Play Pavilion. Uh huh. What do you think of the – I put concept art in the email to you. The new space will be devoted to playful fun and feature an innovative city that will come to life under the dome of the unnamed pavilion previously known as Wonders of Life. Uh-huh. The pavilion city will be bursting with interactive experiences, your favorite Disney characters, of course, hands-on activities, and engaging entertainment when it opens for the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World Resort. I don't think much. What do you think? Uh, basically, I think what it is 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 the they're tearing down interventions. This is going to be sort of like that. Why do they feel they need an interventions? I mean, they're I I don't know why they feel they need to call it Future World anymore. Um, well, true. I don't understand that. I don't understand why they call it Future World at this point. Um, but well, some of the things they're designing are futuristic, like the space restaurant, and, and this is supposed to be a futuristic city. Okay. 
<laughs> okay. Um, but you know where, I, but my point still stands. Um, yeah, well, Guardians is not Future yeah. World. Nemo in the Seas is not Future World. No. No. Yeah, no, I know. Soaring is not Future World. No. No. <laughs> so it's not really. Uh, you know they're they're making a mess. We've said this before, and I don't think this helps the mess. But but I will give them credit where credit's due. You're right. It is based on the future city. That's at least future. At least right. So we'll give them that. Although Congrat- you'll be meeting, you do meeting greets there. So that's uh, congrats. Sure right. Right. That's never. Congratulations. You managed to do the least possible thing to make future world an actual future world. Uh, so, well, I mean, uh, in fairness, the space restaurant is pretty cool for a future world. I like that. That's great. That is the one thing that Disney has built in Fair. Epcot for the future world um, that makes sense. It's yeah, the, it's the one thing, thing they've done. Mission Space? Uh, well, since Mission Renovated Space. is what I, Well, what I was going to say was since Mission Space. Yeah. Um, the renovated test track is okay. Yeah, I, I mean, that fit. It's more they futuristic, did yeah. I think. Well, Mike, you know. I was thinking about this the other day. There, there, there has been since the time Disney and the internet became a thing. There have been what Mike and I used to call as Epcot purists, um, you know, banging away about all the mistakes made at Disney. Uh, you know, what they've how they've ruined Epcot. Uh, Mike and I have been fighting with these people forever, and it's only now that I've kind of joined them. Um, right. But for a long time there. These people were start started like once all the dark rides, you know, once Horizons went down and the one and um, um, what World was of the, World of Motion? I couldn't think of the name. I kept thinking Wonders of Life. That's not it. Uh, once that you know those two were changed and put in, and and then Soren was added. Um, you know, I, I think you and I both really felt that we were okay with it. You know, it was, it was, I was fine. Okay with Huh? I was okay with that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was working. It was okay. But it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't until now that things have gotten bad. You know, where thing, now we're just throwing it all away. The Nemo thing was the first step. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of people were obviously upset with the change of Figment. Um, but they weren't trying, they were just trying to update that. I don't think they were trying to redesign the whole thing. You right. know, just trying to make it a little bit better and still kind of stay, stay with a similar concept. Um, you know, that failed the first time around. It's a little bit better now. Um, but you and I were not on their side. I think now, you know, that's kind of changing. And, you know, the people who experienced an actual future world um, and maybe have a frame of reference for Walt Disney's vision for the place, um, you know, are less behind what they're doing. Uh, I don't know if this is just waving at that make people feel a little bit better about it i don't know i don't know yeah, i don't know we'll see I, we got to see what it is i like your 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 uh your your opinion on the um on the interventions things that's that seems to be exactly what they're doing here i just don't know why they feel the need to keep an interventions kind of thing uh, I, I don't know you know but i mean for, for it's uh, you know one thing we uh rail against recently has been the lack of stuff for little kids to do at least they're giving them a little thing, something there for little kids to do. A lot of hands-on experience, play area, uh, you know, futuristic city kind of thing. So I, I don't mind it that much. 
Okay. I mean, the building was empty anyway, so what difference does it make? I don't mind it that much either. Let's see what it does. I I, I, I want to see what's fair. more. Yeah. So what's next? A fifth dining location will be added to Epcot's French Pavilion. Incredible. Part of the expansion it? that will also include Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. The new creperie will feature the cuisine of Chef Jérôme Bocuse, who also runs this pavilion's uh, Chefs of France and Monsieur Paul. With a menu inspired by the Brittany region of France, the location will offer table service dining as well as quick stop service for savory and sweet crepes. I can't believe it's going to be five spots, but all for it. Not not bad. I don't like the uh, the ride coming in, but I do appreciate more uh, more more options here. I like the ride coming in myself. Personally. We'll see. Yeah, um, we'll see. I mean, one of the dining locations is the I guess the ice cream place, which is amazing. But neither here nor there. Oh yeah, the ice cream place is fantastic. Uh, what what's next? Finally, Dave Disney yes. has announced today, or excuse me, Disney has announced that a new film will be coming to Epcot's Land Pavilion. This was announced a couple days ago in the Harvest Theater, the former home of Circle of Life. The movie will be called Awesome Planet, an on-screen exploration of the realm we call home, showcasing spectacular beauty, diversity, and economic story of our Earth with all of its guests have come to expect. There'll be uh, nature photography. Space sequences created by none other than Industrial Light and Magic. Awesome Planet will stir Epcot guests and deliver an environmental message. And I applaud it. Yeah. Uh, if I could clap, I will. There you go, yeah, Disney. Good. Nice. Good. A good addition. Um, I'm hoping it's not going to be, uh, you know, not, not not going to have some sort of tie-in with the latest Pixar film um, by the time it reaches it doesn't us. sound like it. Uh, I also think that it probably won't be a lot of people going to see it, but I'm glad they're at least trying to do something here with it. I I think this is a good this is a good good news. I like. It. Yeah, I think people will go to see it. It's going to be immersive inner theater in theater effects. Space that, that's that's what I'm that that's what I'm hoping on that 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 word gets out on that. Yeah, because that'll be yeah. cool. That'll be a, that'll be a nice addition. Okay, that's final, it for world news. Final piece of news. Rumors are starting to pop out. That um, Mike might finally get his dark ride at Animal Kingdom. <laughs> Could it be that in this anniversary of the park coming up soon, which is next year? Next year? 1970? What, what? Oh, 71. It's, it's 71. Uh, okay. So we are two years away from the, less than two years away from the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World. Could it be? That an animal, a Lion King dark ride, will be will open, or maybe maybe not, just be announced as part of the 50th anniversary. That's what we're starting to hear now. Um, there's a lot of space that we're talking about that you know that they could use. Uh, the th- part that I heard, Mike, and I think you wrote it in your story here, is that there's like you know might be next to the festival, the Lion King. Correct. Um, but I don't think there's a lot of space back there. Um, no, there's not because there's a road right there. Yeah. Uh, right so, but they can might be able to dig under the road, um, you know, which they've done in other things in the past, or go over it. Um, there's there's creative ways to get around that. Um, it all depends on what exactly is back there, but there are creative ways to get around it. Uh, what are your thoughts? I would welcome it. Do you think it's going to happen? Uh, probably not. <laughs> It's such uh, a rumor. You know, it's a, a rumor that was stirring for a while there. I, I have always said that a dark ride would be would would benefit 
Animal Kingdom, you know, gear some people away from some of the other attractions, spread out the population. Uh, in a, and they're fast loaders, so you can whip through them pretty quick, you know, the uh, people, yeah. guests. Right. So I've always been an advocate of that. Um, I think one time I, uh, one on our wish list, I asked for a Jungle Book boat ride, dark ride kind of thing. Yes. But a Lion King dark ride over by Festival of Lion King would be great, I think. I think it's a great idea. Um, as long, Mike, yes, as it is based on the animated film, not on the soon-to-be-forgotten live-action film that will make a lot of money this summer, but will never be as beloved or as liked as the animated film. I'm, no, sorry. I'm sorry, it's just not going to be. It may be a good movie, and I've heard, you know, and people enjoyed The Lion King and these other ones that have come out. Of, you know, I'm intrigued you mean by Jungle the, Book. I, I'm sorry, Jungle Book. I'm intrigued by the Dumbo thing simply because the director. Um, Me too, actually. That's the only one of the live yeah. action movies that I'm like, all right, I, I could go see that because Tim Burton is usually interesting. Sometimes he falls flat, but he's usually interesting. Yeah, it's it's at least going to motivate me to look at the Rotten Tomatoes score, you know, when it comes out. Right, right. <laughs> it's, it's definitely not going to be just you know the the cartoon in live action form. He's going to do something with it. He's going to do something with it, and it's yeah. a, it's a it's a kind of a funky story to begin with. It kind of works for him. Um, you know, I like it. I don't see how this one's going to work, um, but. Well, okay. Jungle Book did very well. Yeah, it did well. 15 years from now, no one's going to refer to the Jungle Book as that movie. No. They're going to refer to the Jungle Book as the animated classic. And that's what's sure. going to happen with Lion King 2. This sure. Lion King movie may be great, but in everybody's mind, even in the minds of people who are young now, the Lion King is Simba and, and Mufasa from the original animated film. Mm-hmm. I agree. And that's what they should do for this dark ride. Now, they probably won't. They probably won't. Because, you know, that's just not how Iger works. He always comes <laughs> He always comes close to a good idea and then just allows his bean-counting side to, 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 to mess it up just enough to bug us. Uh, and that's probably what's going to happen here. Um, probably. So, but who knows if the, if the, characters in the film are strong enough where people still associate Simba from the movie as Simba the you know what we all know Simba as sure then it'll be great I like the idea too I think I, I, I think this is um, this is cool I, have there been a lot of rumors popping up about this 50th anniversary and big announcements for it and stuff well I mean we've already have yeah I mean but they've already announced it. I mean like the Tron roller coaster. That's all tied into Guardians the fiftieth galaxy. Yeah, that's all twentieth. Ratatouille. These I are think. all the, all these things are tied into the to that anniversary. They're going to all open up that year. Okay. Year. Yeah. Okay. So this so this is if it's not going to be a big dark ride, um, you know, if it's and by that I mean you know there's all sorts of levels of dark ride size. Let's be honest. There's right. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, which can fit in most people's houses, and then there's, you know, and then there's, uh, uh, you know, uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean, which right. is gigantic, you know. Uh, so there's, there's, we we don't know exactly how big this is going to be, uh, but it could open if they announced it this summer. That could open in time for the. For they could. Twenty twenty one. Sure. Yeah, it could. 
Sure. I guess that's it, Mike. Do I have anything else I have to mention? I don't think so. Don't forget the T-shirts. Look in the link in the show notes. Uh, I didn't think I mentioned that before. We're selling T-shirts. All the money no, goes to charity. Um, goes to to all these uh, to conservation. I just made a big donation recently to the Grevy Zebra Trust. On behalf of those of you who bought T-shirts from us, we thank you. And so do they. Uh, I guess that's it. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Mike's at Jombo Everyone. I'm at Radio Harambe. Uh, we are on Facebook, Jombo Everyone. We are on Instagram at Disney's Animal Kingdom for Safari Mike. I'm Dave McBride. Quaharini, go well. And thank you for listening to Radio Harambe. <laughs>